For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, Director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Deepta Bhattacharya, an Associate Professor of Immunobiology at the University of Arizona. Welcome back, Deepta. My pleasure. What do we know so far about developing immunity to the coronavirus responsible for COVID-19, either from having the disease and recovering or from getting vaccinated? The SARS coronavirus 2, uh, the virus that causes COVID-19, is what we call an acute RNA virus, meaning that it infects you and then your immune system comes in and clears it. There were uh, some questions early on whether or not the natural infection would leave you immune after you've cleared the virus and for how long. Um, but part of some of the work that our team has done here at the, at the University of Arizona and then a lot of other groups have shown that for almost everyone who recovers from COVID-19, there's at least some period of immunity where you're very unlikely to get reinfected. Um, the vaccines also look strikingly good in that sense, in that the virus seems to be susceptible to the defenses of our immune system. Um, and so the, I think the, the highest performing vaccines right now are the ones that are rolling out right now in Arizona, which is from Moderna and from Pfizer. Uh, and both of those cases, they uh, reduce the risk of getting symptoms or symptomatic disease by about 95%, which is great, which is right up there with some of the best vaccines that we have. We've been hearing about there being different variants of COVID-19. Does that mean we'll have to develop more vaccines for the different variations? We might at some point in the future, um, but I think we need to be, in this case, actually a little bit more cautious in terms of when we actually decide to respond. We can't be playing whack-a-mole with every single variant that comes up. So I think there needs to be some criteria laid out clearly saying, okay, this is now when we need to respond. So there's two major variants that are circulating right now. There's one in the UK called B117, and there's another one that seems to be similar circulating in parts of South Africa and Brazil. The UK one has gotten the most attention so far, and it certainly seems to be, something about it seems to confer higher transmission, um, but it doesn't seem to have a huge, huge effect on the immune response in terms of its ability to evade it. The South Africa one is a little bit more of a concern um, in terms of its ability to evade immunity, but what I will say is that one of the pleasant surprises we've gotten is that it doesn't seem like it takes a huge immune response to protect. And so what we're not seeing so far, I've seen no data so far to suggest that the South Africa or the Brazil variant is substantially increasing the likelihood of reinfections, meaning people who had gotten it once, recovered, and then got reinfected. So I think if we're not seeing that, we're probably okay for now, um, but it's certainly something we need to be keeping an eye on, deciding exactly how we want to develop new vaccines, what the regulatory process is going to be, and all that. Deepta, has the pace of vaccination had any effect on the science? I would say the bottleneck for the science side, on at least for us, is not so much uh, the pace of vaccination. I think the bigger issue is is now we have these more transmissible variants, and you know we we need to step up our game like ASAP. Um, because I think this is our best bet of controlling something that honestly, you know, as a whole, the country has done an incredibly poor job of handling. I know that one of the things you've done is to develop a test for antibodies to the coronavirus. Have you been able to test people who've been vaccinated to see how quickly and how strong an immune response they mount? It's ongoing right now. We're getting some more samples just in the lab today. And I, I think one of the major things we want to look at um, it's not just confirming what Pfizer and Moderna already reported. I mean, I think that's those data are robust. Um, but you know, I think one of the things we're interested in is trying to see how vulnerable populations, in this case, people who are on active chemotherapy in our cancer center, might respond to the vaccine. So I think that's a really important question, and that's our focus right now going forward. 
there have been some questions about whether those who have recovered from the disease should get vaccinated as well. Have your studies shed any light on that? One of the things that we've learned from people who have recovered from natural infection is that there's an enormous amount of variability, and that seems to track somewhat with, with the severity of the disease. So if you landed in the hospital, then you're likely to mount a pretty robust immune response and probably still have it. Um, whereas those who never knew they had it in the first place mount a much wimpier response. What I would say is that I think down the road, there's certainly no harm uh, in getting a booster vaccine, even if you had recovered from the natural infection. Um, you know, but I think one of the things that people may want to consider is that as supply is not keeping up with demand quite yet, I think that it might make some sense to wait a little bit and let some people who are probably at higher risk of getting infected and sick uh, take their turn first. Thanks for talking with us, Deepta. Happy to be on. Thank you, Tim. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.